Hey, welcome to the Chess Experience. On this show, it's all about helping adult improvers. I want to make learning chess easier for you to navigate, and I also want you to have a more fun experience along the way. I'm your host, Daniel Lona, a fellow chess amateur. Let's get to it. This show is sponsored by Chess.com, the world's largest chess community. Chess.com recently launched a new way to learn from your games with a feature called Insights. If you visit chess.com slash insights, you can get detailed stats and analysis in any of the time controls you've played and across any time period. What kind of things can you learn? Well, you can learn what time of day do you play your best, morning, afternoon, or night? What part of the game are you strongest or weakest, opening, middle game, or end game? Are you making more or less mistakes than opponents at your level? You can find out all this great info and much more at chess.com slash insights. Hey there. Today we're taking a little break from the usual high intensity of chess learning that you often get on this show. And instead, this week, we're going to do the type of episode that's perfect for when you need a little break from intense study, but you still want to talk chess because we're lovably obsessed with it, right? Today's guest is Nigar Han, or as she's commonly known online, Naser. Nigahan is a popular amateur chess streamer on Twitch with over 15,000 followers. She has an extremely entertaining chess YouTube channel with arguably the best sense of humor I've heard in chess right up there with Levy Rosman. And something I didn't know about her until I reached out to her for this interview is that Nigahan is also the director for international growth for chess.com. And in this interview, we talk about her unique journey of having a career in chess before she even knew how to play and her experience learning chess for the first time as an adult. Plus, we have some discussion on an overlapping goal that exists for her for both her job with chess.com and her Twitch stream, which is to make chess more fun and accessible for people all over the world. If you haven't seen her YouTube channel before listening to this episode, I highly recommend checking it out. Her videos are so entertaining. And if you want just something really quick to get a sense of how awesome she is and how funny she is, uh, check out one of her shorts videos on that channel. They're a great introduction to her. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Here's my interview with Nigar Han, aka Naser. Hi, Nigar Han. How are you today? I'm doing well, Daniel. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm really excited to have you on the show. I enjoy your YouTube videos and your Twitch stream. And I'm a big fan of people who can make chess entertaining, especially with humor. And I think you do a phenomenal job of that. Plus, you're like my audience, which is, you know, you're, you're an adult improver. You're working on getting chess, uh, working on getting better at chess as an adult, which has its own unique uh, <laughs> um, process and experience. And so for all those reasons, I'm just really excited to have you on. So thank you. So excited to be here, Daniel, and thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So I'd like to start just by discussing because there's a couple of different areas of, of your own chess journey. There's like a, you know, your, your Twitch channel and things like that and your own career. But just as a player, I'd like to just start with your, your story on that. Like as a chess player, what, what has your journey looked like? When did you get into chess and how has that progressed over, over the years? Uh, yeah, I have a rather unconventional story about me becoming a chess player, I guess, because, you know, I've been in the professional chess scenes for a long while and I never 
really got the courage to, you know, play chess because I saw these amazing people playing chess at the top level and also, you know, you know, really, really good players representing their countries and, you know, all this stuff. I saw all these amazing people, you know, uh, doing amazing things for chess and, you know, as a, as chess players. And I never thought, you know, I could become one. And I always I secretly wanted to learn how to play chess and, you know, become really, really, you know, good at it. And as my chess journey as a player <laughs> progressed, I, I quickly understood that, you know, it's not as easy to become a grandmaster. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, even if I worked a lot, there's a really, really, really little chance for me to become even titled player. So, you know, my yeah. expectations and my uh, experience as a chess player, you know, uh, it was, you know, really, really weird. So, yeah, speaking of that, yeah, I worked for chess, uh, considered playing, but I was too shy to play. You worked for chess. For people who don't know, what, what do you mean? I was doing my master's. I needed money and I saw this job at the Turkish Chess Federation. They were looking for someone who is able to speak English and also who is able to travel. And I said, oh my God, I speak English and I love traveling. So <laughs> I got the job and I started, you know, traveling to various chess competitions uh, in the nation and outside. Uh, so, you know, uh, to give an example, for example, I went to the 2016 World Chess Olympiad in Baku, Azerbaijan. I um, joined some, you know, high level meetings with FIDE, ECU, European Chess Union to, you know, represent Turkey, present their, uh, you know, bids for competitions, you know, or, you know, just just to have a good relationship with, you know, all these uh, institutions. Yeah. Uh, when you took that job, what was your skill level in chess at that time? Yeah, my chess skill level uh, was absolutely zero. Mm. And wow. since this was like a more like an administrative type of a job, I think it wasn't required. I don't think there were any really, 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 really good chess players in the Federation. So, okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry I interrupted your story with that. You were saying about how <laughs> you got this job. And then sometime after that, you got inspired to start learning chess, right? Yeah. And like, what was the trigger for that? What made you say, okay, in spite of in spite <laughs> of me being a little intimidated by all these top players, I'm going to start learning chess now. Yeah, I met my now husband um, back then, and he was the top Turkish chess player at that time. Um, so, you know, I met him and, you know, I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, that's why I wanted to, you know, secretly try to play. But, you know, since he was too good, I, you know, had to do it in, in secret. So I <laughs> I opened the chess.com account, uh, you know, uh, solved a, bit, a few, you know, free tactics. And, uh, you know, I discovered that I was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> how long ago was that? Like, how long has your chess journey been now since you started playing? Is it a few years or longer? Uh, I think it it is longer than a few years, but since, you know, I was busy doing, uh, you know, work, all this stuff, like school at the same time, like I really, really couldn't focus on chess 
education for myself mm-hmm. um, because I was doing all these projects, all this, you know, traveling to places, you know, um, you know, doing stuff, but, you know, not actually because chess is really, really mental. You have to be really focused for an, you know, extended duration of time. And I really, really don't, couldn't, I couldn't find that, uh, you know, extended period of time where I could focus and, you know, really, really enjoy uh, learning chess. Uh, but there was a time where I had that opportunity and my rating just, you know, went up. I, awesome. I learned so many new things and, you know, I, that was like the best time of my life. <laughs> That's great. You know, everyone's perspective is different, but I think you've gotten to a pretty solid skill level at chess now. Like, what does your chess look like these days? Like, how much time do you spend on it for playing and studying? I really am busy at the moment uh, as well because of the <laughs> candidates. Before candidates, I was just, uh, you know, uh, preparing for the candidates. So really, really uh, difficult to find uh, that extended period of time that you don't get, you know, bothered by any other thing, you know, life and all this stuff. And also, uh, you know, I feel obliged to go live and stream or so, you know, put some chess content out on YouTube, you know, now I have a TikTok and all this stuff. Uh, so it really, really steals away from the that, you know, special time when I can just fully focus on myself and my chess development, because I think that sounds like a good content idea, but actually it's really, really boring. And it was like one of my least performing contents ever. So I tried that, you know, on the stream, I would, you know, open Alakine's book, you know, go over one of his games with a board, actual board, and, you know, try to record the moves on the screen as well. And try to really, really understand each and every move and learn, you know, from, you know, one of the previous world champions, you know, the best. And um, and it really didn't work as a content <laughs> idea. So I, I just don't want to do it because people are there to, you know, enjoy. And, mm. uh, you know, that's not the piece of content that everybody is looking for. My experience was like, yeah, it was uh, pretty boring for some people. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that because like, I like the idea of you going on stream and, and going over a top chess player's games. That's, I don't, I guess I'm different than, than, than some, but uh, yeah, that, that sounds cool to me. Um, but it's actually quite different than maybe what you think it is because, you know, I'm seeing the, the, the game for the first time as well. So it's just like random page from Alakan's book. Maybe I'm, I was going in order. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, so I'm seeing the game at the, you know, for the first time as well. So like it takes a while for me to process this as well because, you know, I'm not a master. I'm nowhere near, you know, as good as, you know, some people who actually are coaches. They teach, you know, these. So uh, I think there's a discrepancy between the educational part of this type of content. Ah, So I'm seeing it for the first time as well. So it might be quite boring for some people. Ah, okay. Well, I'll hop on that stream if you do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Too too kind. (laughs) (laughs) So um, let's say outside of the candidates period, you know, Mm -hmm. um, obviously that's taken up a lot of your time before it began and now during it. Like once that settles down, what do you think you'll have like a 
a study plan or anything like that? Or it, what, do you think it'll yes. still just be like, oh, okay, great. Let's hear about it. So I did challenges uh, in the past, like, because I didn't make it public. So people don't know about it, but I did like one hour every day for seven days. And nice. it really, really, really worked like wonders. Like even if I did the slightest, uh, you know, Maybe it was my old, uh, you know, files and preps and, you know, all these things, but it really, really made me to remind myself, you know, what it takes to become a, you know, a decent chess player. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do it again for seven days for like one hour every day. Maybe I'll record it. I have some recorders from past, like I uh, failed at the day six. So that's why I, <laughs> I never made it public. <laughs> but like I, I do it as a challenge. So, you know, if it succeeds, maybe, you know, I could compare myself like I was um, before I started the, the challenge. And then I can measure it, you know, right after, you know, playing some games, you know, arranging, like uh, comparing my quality of games, like am I seeing tactics, am I seeing, you know, all these things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. It may or may not be secret. If it succeeds, uh, then it will be public. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's great. So, yeah, let's segue now into your Twitch channel because we've referenced it a couple of times yeah. <laughs> um, already. You know, you have 15,000 followers, which is, I think that's amazing. That's fantastic. Your channel has, uh, by my standards, and I think by a lot of people's standards, become really successful. When did you start your Twitch channel and what inspired you to create one? So I opened my Twitch channel in 2019 and mm -hmm. I did some, you know, test streams because, you know, I was helping with uh, Turkish growth on Twitch uh, you know, and other platforms as well. So I was trying to get more people to, you know, stream chats on Twitch. And back in the day, there was only a few a number of people, uh, you know, some of them are, you know, still streaming, but some of them just don't do it anymore. So I was just trying to encourage more people to stream chess in Turkish. So, and, you know, they had some questions because this was like a really, really new platform. There was limited amount of information. People didn't know how to use OBS or, you know, all these tools or even, you know, how to get a streaming key from Twitch. And, you know, my experience was that, you know, let, let me open a Twitch channel. Let me test it around and see if I can help people. And, you know, uh, one day somebody withdrew from Twitch Rivals and I had to be the, the last minute replacement. <laughs> 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 and I streamed from, uh, Chesscom TR's, uh, you know, official, <laughs> official <laughs> channel. <laughs> and I was so bad at it. It became a meme. And then I thought, okay, like this sounds like so much fun. Like I am pretty bad at chess. Uh, so if I can stream and enjoy, maybe I can set up an example. Maybe more people will see me and start streaming. So that's why I opened my Twitch channel, um, you know, kind of helping, uh, other people and also kind of, you know, uh, trying to dedicate some time to, for me to learn chess. Gotcha. So you said that you were at that time when you started this, um, we got involved with chess and Twitch that you were trying to help grow this, you know, uh, new way of, I guess, uh, sharing chess, you could say, mm -hmm. in Turkey. Now, w when you decided to take part in your own Twitch channel and create that, 
you said you were also trying to inspire other people to do that. Now, was that, again, for people in Turkey? Or in your mind, was it just for anyone who wanted to be inspired to stream chess? I, I remember, you know, specifically trying to recruit people to stream chess in Turkish because English had, you guys are really, really lucky. Hikaru was streaming, um, Botes <laughs> was streaming, you know, um, so all these amazing people are streaming in English, but, you know, uh, Turkish chess community was really non-existent. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, you know, I was trying to get more people to, you know, stream chess, but it was rather unsuccessful because, you know, they, they really didn't get the point uh, mm -hmm. of, you know, streaming chess on Twitch. You know, most people still don't, <laughs> but <laughs> I think there are more people who has that understanding and, you know, they're, you know, tuning in and out of chess streams or, you know, they, they start streaming chess. But yeah. it was it was quite the scenery was quite different back in the day. So I remember specifically focusing on, you know, Turkish chess community. But then, you know, I was living in the United States and um, I was studying and I heard so many good things from other people that I encouraged them to, you know, play more chess or, you know, stream chess or, you know, something. And, you know, I thought maybe I should do this, you know, English uh, or maybe Turkish English so that, you know, I could communicate more. And, you know, um, so I did this, you know, a period of dual language streams uh, and I, you know, completely switched to English. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> So you now you have a well-established Twitch channel. You have thousands of followers. What do you see as like the, I don't know if this sounds too formal. I don't mean it to sound so formal, <laughs> but like the goal of your Twitch channel, like, do you want to get people excited to, to pick up chess for the first time? Do you want to have people who are already playing chess, just enjoy it more, have some more fun with it or to, to learn some things perhaps sometimes too? Like what's your, I guess, vision may be the better word. What's your vision for your Twitch channel? Yeah, uh, first of all, I don't think I'm the most, ex uh, you know, impressive example of growth and success when it comes to Twitch. But, you know, I could still say that, you know, it's a considerably, you know, nothing shabby. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not, there's, there's many who don't make it as far as you. I mean, I know there's always like, you know, the, the top 10 or whatever, but I mean, yeah, I think you've done a fantastic job. Uh, yeah. So I want them to, find something they'd like about the game. If they want to stay in for the good vibes and, you know, all these stuff, then they're always welcome. Yeah. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. I just, I just want to have good time uh, with chess. That's it. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I love the, like you bring a, a unique, I think, joy and fun to it that uh, a lot of people don't. Like you just seem to like really have a lot of fun uh, with kind of like just teasing and making fun of some of the things that are challenging or kind of <laughs> yeah. silly within chess. And I really appreciate that. Like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of people who can bring humor to the game. And I think you do a phenomenal job of that. And Thank you. Uh, yeah, one, big area i think that you really you really shine on that is on your youtube channel or i mean i think a lot of that stuff does 
a lot of your YouTube content comes from your Twitch streams, but uh, on your YouTube channel, I noticed that it's really, you get the, like a great, like dose of your humor with each of the videos that are like anywhere from like a minute or a few minutes or whatever. So like, I loved your video of five easy steps to beat a chess grandmaster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love how it wasn't just five steps to beat a chess grandmaster, five <laughs> easy steps yeah, th- th- to beat a chess but grandmaster. But you can't deny they're easy, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, they are for sure. <laughs> Um, so this might sound like, I don't know, a difficult question to answer, but I can't help but ask it anyway, because I think you're fantastic at humor on your YouTube channel. And of course, you know, like I said, a lot of that comes from your Twitch channel too. So you're, um, really great there as well. How did you learn to create such humorous content? Is that just natural for you? Because they're like well-produced humorous videos (laughs) and the editing is amazing. Like it's like just top-notch chess comedy. And like, that seems hard to do just out of nowhere is is it something that you developed or or how did that come about thank you for your nice words and uh you know i really don't know um but (laughs) essentially i really like funny things like i consume lots of you know comedy series watching tiktoks you know you know Mm. videos and i try to have a good laugh like i love funny stuff you know and I think I picked up my skills for editing and filming, you know, along the way. Um, as But I think the, the funny part, I, I really don't know. I might be, you know, taking some inspirations from the things that I consume. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just don't know. I have no idea. It just comes to me. <laughs> like, I just take a walk and I say, okay, oh my God, this is a great idea. And I come come back and take it you know, take a note in my notebook. Sometimes, you know, I just wake up from a sleep and I, <laughs> I say, oh my God, this is a great idea. And I take, take another, another note and, you know, that's it. <laughs> I'm impressed. So it's a lot. I mean, like you said, you you are getting inspiration from some things that you're, you know, consuming, but it sounds like a lot of it's just natural for you, which is incredible. Correct me if I'm wrong, but chess.com shared one of these short video clips that you created. I think it was, it was like, you know, matrix inspired red pill oh, versus yeah. blue pill. Yeah. <laughs> and they shared it. I mean, you know, they, um, they're, they don't just share anybody's content, right? Like, so on their Twitch, uh, I'm sorry, on their, on their Twitter channel, that obviously is like a, a great endorsement of how good they are. And I responded to that and you responded back too. And that was, I love, <laughs> I love that video. Anyhow, <laughs> just saying I was impressed basically is the only point there. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, let's get into like, I guess, potentially a little more serious topic, which is something that you were interested in discussing. And I am too, because I think it's really important in chess. You told me that not a fan of the gatekeeping that often happens in chess. And I guess just to establish what I think we both mean by that, that it's, it can be elitist where, you know, only people with very high ratings can have uh, a significant voice in chess or, or that kind of thing. You're not a fan of it. I'm not either. I think a lot of amateurs don't like that. And I think we're starting to move in the right direction on that as a chess community. Yeah. Have you been on the receiving end of any of that gatekeeping? And if so, like, what was that experience? Unfortunately, yes. Um, So, and this was mostly by random people, but also, um, you know, especially back when uh, the creating content for chess was really unpopular. <laughs> um, I got some, you know, um, backlash from the chess community as well. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, really heartbreaking. Um, but 
the funny part is after the pandemic happened, you know, the Queen's Gambit boom, talk champ success, all this stuff. I saw that the most people uh, who were making fun of me for, you know, doing Twitch streams and YouTube videos, they were streaming chess. (laughs) (laughs) Some of that gatekeeping that you received, was that from people who were advanced in chess and their skill level, like people that like maybe even title players or people that, you know, were well known in the community or was it all just, you know, random (laughs) usernames in your, in your Twitch chat? (laughs) I think, I think it's a mix, but I did receive some negative things from, you know, um, kind of known titled people as well. Um, but, um, also, you know, anonymous usernames, which, I don't have a clue of their chest level, and uh, so yeah. Um, yeah. What was the what was the criticism that you got from some of these title players? Um, you know, they were just you know making fun. Um, uh, I see, uh, but not in a good way. I I like making fun of myself. Like I, uh, whenever I do something silly, something wrong, like I'm the first one to make fun of myself, and you know, I I I can get have a good laugh with it. Uh, as as long as it's funny but uh you know the criticism the feedback the 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 things that i got from some people were not as kind or funny uh they were mm. just like straight of slamming it down like for doing stupid things okay. <laughs> were, were they basically saying like you're not qualified to uh yes and uh, you know you, you know the and uh you know i i just put myself away from toxic people like I'm not going to give too much details, but like, uh, but I had to delete some of my content from my channel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry Uh, to hear that. Because of that, uh, you know, and it it was funny to see how things uh, could change with just, you know, a few more people streaming and showing interest in chess, uh, you know, during this uh, time. Yeah. And uh, things were 180. Well, I guess that's the that's the good news at, at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, how do you think we kind of push back against that or try to reduce the amount of gatekeeping that happens in the chess community? Do you have any thoughts on that or things that you think can can help with that problem? First of all, shout out to Jen. Uh, I've been reading her, you know, Chess Queen's book lately, and I see yeah. how uh, she recommends some things that are, you know, really, really positive. I'm not specifically, you know, going to suggest things that are for my case because my case is really really unique like how many um you know and maybe there are more but like back in the day there were only maybe a few people at my skill level trying to stream chess doing some content in chess um but i think um when you take a step back uh the the gatekeeping problem is you know in chess is more in depth, you know, and it's more complicated. It's, uh, you know, goes into some, you know, <laughs> uh, funny explanations, you know, uh, yeah. based on people's genders, you know, and all these stuff. So I like that, for example, um, Jen talks about it in his, in her book, uh, that, you know, instead of we're trying to show something as a problem, we should find a solution like, if you think women having periods during their chess, uh, you know, journeys, tournaments are a problem, then you should provide them, you know, sanitary pads, you know, tampons in the toilets to help them, you know, go over it. And, uh, you know, 
all these things. Uh, so I don't think for my case, I don't have a, you know, solution for that, but I think we should, you know, always think about something that we can help. And, yeah. uh, instead of, you know, just fixating on some biological things, uh, and trying to make excuses and sure. giving people arguments. Uh, so yeah, my, my thought on that, the things that upset the gatekeepers, <laughs> we should just keep doing more of the things that upset them in <laughs> like greater frequency, <laughs> like just keep pushing back <laughs> so, uh, to a point where they just, it happens so much that there's all these, you know, amateurs wow. who are, who are building uh, large chess communities and things like that, uh, that they just have to accept it at some point, you know, it can't, it can't be something they can try to el- eliminate or, you know, that just, it just becomes part of the community because it's so frequent that they have to live with it. That's my thought. I don't know. Yeah, it's actually, you know, funny that your thing is working um, like a charm. (laughs) You know, the the whole experience I got from, you know, generally from streaming, you know, doing chess content, it was the solution. Like, I don't get as much as hate as before um, Mm. just because there are more people, uh, you know, on the lower rating range are streaming and you know more large people <laughs> like xqc play chess and <laughs> you know the gatekeepers maybe they they're still keeping the gate but they cannot <laughs> you know say their you know uh things loudly because it's now you know i don't know it's the i think it's it's working <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i agree uh, last serious subject, and then we'll finish with some more fun stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned to me that while you get a lot of compliments and praise for what you do, you also receive some bullying as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't have to go into great te- detail on any on any specific uh, incident because I know it, it can be hard to discuss. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to just speak to it generally, like what's what you've experienced, you know, maybe a little broadly, and how you deal with that, like how do you manage the emotions that go with it? What's your way of handling that? I say, first of all, I give it a good laugh. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, I'm just a human. Uh, my heart also breaks. And, you know, I just get sad and, you know, I get discouraged some, from time to time and uh, it's not nice. And um, so, you know, I just need to take a step back, remind myself who I am and try to, you know, um, pick myself back up together and then, you know, um, go with a better force, uh, you know, harder than ever. Yeah, That's the only yeah. chance for me. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, uh, the first criticism, I should have just deleted my channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear that it doesn't discourage you to from, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And that's that's really like, it's really critical, right? Because that's everything. I mean, th- th- that's the whole question, right? Like, does it mm-hmm. stop? Does it get so bad that it stops you from doing what you want to do? And if the answer is no, I keep going forward anyhow, I, th- I think that's great. And that's not easy to do. I understand. Yeah. Uh, at least to a degree. Now, I mean, I, I, I know that bullying can come in different forms mm-hmm. and I, I can't speak to anything that's um, been perhaps sexist on my end. But that said, I have gotten harsh comments and criticism along the way in my journey and what I'm doing here with the podcast. So to some degree, I can understand 
what that feels like and that it's hard to to put up with. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, that said, I'm, I'm similar to you in that I, you know, just try to keep going on in spite of that. Cause I think, tell me what, if you agree with this, that I think the praise and the compliments far outweigh, you know, in terms of how often it happens, the, the negativity. And so I just, I try to focus more on that, but yeah. I'm curious to know what you think about that. Yeah. And I like that, you know, I, I now have some people, you know, defending me and, uh, you know, I see, that you know my community is like just amazing in that sense so like i um i was like doing some short videos for instagram and tiktok and you know there was someone wait actually was it a photo of me and chestnut i don't remember so someone just said oh why do you try to just make chess sexy or something like and hmm. i could say from that picture sex would be the last thing that you could understand like from my perspective like my little mind never never could i ever <laughs> you know <laughs> and and you know i see that there was like a you know a flow of discussion underneath that thread and you know and you know my people they were just you know putting that pe- person into its place <laughs> so <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's also you've gotten to a point now where you have supporters who defend you. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's so good to feel, you know, to see uh, all these people defending, um, you know, and it's the it's the most uh, satisfying feeling, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In addition to all of your content on Twitch and YouTube, you are also the director of international growth for chess.com. Can you tell people about that? Like, What do you work on in that role? I just, you know, updated my uh, Twitter profile after you, you told me that, you know, it wasn't there. Uh, I'm (laughs) sorry. I was, I was irresponsible. So I uh, made sure that I updated my Twitter profile and also LinkedIn. Uh, So (laughs) I think everything is updated right now, but yes, I am uh, really proud to say that I'm the director of international growth at chess.com. And what we do is so basically, We do content in different languages so that more people speaking different languages, living in different countries, they can uh, have access to um, good chess content and enjoy this amazing game. That's incredible. So is one of the goals to replicate the the English content or is it completely original and different than whatever is chess.com is putting out in English? Uh, Yes and no. Uh, Yes, because um, first of all, um, the English content that chess.com is, you know, putting out there is the best, you know, chess content. And it's proven that it's working. It's proving that, you know, people love it. So we try to, you know, replicate and emulate the same thing in, you know, uh, most languages. But also we do some uh, original content as well. That's awesome. That's great. How did you get the opportunity to mm-hmm. work with chess.com in that role? Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've been doing some stuff, you know, as I told you, I was, I was trying to help with the Turkish community to grow. And, you know, I wasn't a stranger to chess.com in the first place. And when the Queen's Gambit boom happened, you know, the poke chance, all these streamers uh, playing the chess, you know, we're hitting millions and millions of people watching and following chess. There was the time where chess.com decided that they should, you know, um, 
they should hire someone for the international branch. And I saw the job opening. I applied for it. I needed a job. Um, and uh, so I applied and I got the job and I'm so happy. That's amazing. I love that. This actually is a good lead into my uh, next question for you, because I think it's awesome that you are, you know, in this role that then that chess.com is prioritizing and you're prioritizing spreading chess around the globe and not just to English, uh, not just using their efforts, you know, towards English speaking countries and such. So, you know, obviously behind all this is the idea to just spread chess globally for everybody to make mm -hmm. it more accessible for everybody. And you mentioned to me that that was important to you, that you want to spread the game to as many people as possible, make it accessible to them. Why is that important to you? Yeah, first of all, it is uh, because of my love of chess. Um, and I want people to experience the same thing, that the enjoyment, that the, the fun I'm getting from chess. And also, not every person on the planet is able to speak English and you know they're they don't have access or you know they they have some you know block something that blocks their way to access the game I know that it's quite accessible in the you know we're living in the you know um era of um internet and you know all these uh, free YouTube videos content and stuff uh but even when you think about that um you know for example I learned that there was like absolutely limited doubt that there was uh, any books in Arabic, for example, for chess, mm. uh, which sounded really, you know, crazy. Um, uh, don't quote me on that. Maybe it's like one book or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like definitely, definitely the translation was a problem. So like the concepts yeah. and all these things, like same for Hindi language, for example, like, uh, like when it comes to translation, uh, the translations they don't they don't transfer as you know they're not they're not as accessible as we think it is. So what I want to you know see is you know when you promote the love of uh, the game, it just you know creates an environment where it. It benefits the content creators. It benefits, you know, uh, the book writers. It, it benefits, you know, uh, all these people who are in the ecosystem. And, you know, and it becomes, you know, more sustainable and more long lasting than, you know, uh, just uh, trying to sell a product. Yeah, I love that. That's that's a great mission. That's really cool. And um, I love it. Basically, it's just like, removing barriers and removing access to all the great chess content that's out there by by spreading it in other countries and making it not just in English. That's fantastic. And, and you know, obviously, I'm a big supporter of that because I love chess so much too, and I want more people to do it just like you. So uh, it warms my heart to hear that. <laughs> all right, great. So let's finish with uh, just a few like smaller fun questions. I'm going to guess based on, I want to ask you what your favorite opening is to play. And I, I know it, it cannot be the London based on the videos that I've seen. <laughs> so I can't imagine that'll be the answer, but I'm curious what your answer is anyway. Yeah, it's not London. Uh, <laughs> I, I say, I still say that it's uh, the D4 family though. So I, I really mm. enjoy, thoroughly enjoy, you know, um, Queen's Gambit. Especially there's a line in the Queen's Gambit accepted that I, I, I really, 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 really like it. Uh, I even did a TikTok on that and it was like one of my <laughs> most popular TikToks. Uh, and, uh, 
so basically, yeah, I nice. actually like three openings. So basically, one is Queen's Gambit accepted. Uh, mm-hmm. One simple line. There's one uh, where the black plays the King's Indian defense. There's one line I like. I really like. We call it the Dirk J opening. Dirk J is my mo- uh, mod, and uh, he fell for the trap. And I also uh, got <laughs> caught uh, someone off guard. Um, like he is. 2100 so <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was really dangerous after that like they got shocked like they, they paused for a while and so i i really liked it and uh, the third one is uh the ex- exchange love i know you will hate me for this for saying exchange love uh with white <laughs> um so so there's a line again i tried to use that as much as I want, I, I, I can. Uh, sometimes I just miss the move order and stuff, but you know, I really, really want to learn it until I, you know, um, fully embrace. I, yeah, I just love it. So, <laughs> three. Well, no, I don't hate you for it. I do play, I do play the semi slav. So I guess there's an, ex- there's, you know, there's an exchange slav in that. That's possible. First of all, many, most of my opponents never play it anyway. So like, I don't have much to complain about. But when I played the French, uh, which I just, after over a year of playing it, I just stopped. Uh, people would o- always play the exchange French, and that I hated. <laughs> you, 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 you play black um, as French. Uh, I mean, you play f- uh, French yeah, as, black. as black. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. you hated exchange French? Uh, yeah, because I found oh. it, it was like, it was just, um, it was usually drier and harder for me to win. <laughs> and you know what Alekhine said that? He said that, you know, if they give you the exchange French, you should mm. get it Ed, because it's, uh, I think it's one of the more favorable place to play, uh, ways to play chess. I uh, oh, French. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's probably my lack of skill in chess. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, <laughs> let's not, let's not go into that because I feel bad because I, my skills are far inferior than yours. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in any case, I, um, I don't mind the uh, exchange slop, so you're all good there. Okay, um, good. <laughs> <laughs> so who inspires you the most in the chess world right now? Mm, it's hard to say, uh, but I would go with the man who started it all. <laughs> so um, Gary Kasparov. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, creator of chess, right? <laughs> the GOAT. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... I saw him play at St. Louis Chess Club once, uh, you know, multiple times. But like one time I saw him, I that was the day that I decided, okay, I'm learning chess. Like there's nothing can stop me. Like we're in the chess club. I'm going to get a membership. Like <laughs> I'm learning chess. <laughs> so I think I think we, we could safely say that Kasparov was the person who... Uh, inspired me like he does oh that's awesome (laughs) yeah that helps if he came to your chess club (laughs) (laughs) so if you could have any guests from the chess community on your stream uh doesn't matter who they are it could be another Mm -hmm. streamer it could be uh, a former world champion anybody at all you get to have like one one magic wish granted this person can will, will instantly appear on your on your stream who would it be right now hmm I think whoever doesn't say Magnus Carlsen is <laughs> 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 <He's> lying, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want I, to ask you the same question. You know, if there was 
anybody in the chess community that could join your podcast, who would it be? That's a great, that's a great reciprocal question. So I kind of have two answers, which is cheating, but I'll, I'll cheat anyway. So okay. <laughs> the first kind of respond to what you said, if Magnus said, if someone told me Magnus will be, is willing to be on your show, that is an instant yes. Okay. Like there is no way I'm saying no to Magnus being on my show. Uh, so, you know, Magnus, if you're listening, and of course he is right now, um, you know, let that be known. That said, because my show is focused on adult improvers trying to get better at chess, I feel like he's in such a stratosphere. Like, mm. I don't even know, like, the kind of chess we play, I don't even think that that, like, that makes sense to him, much in the way that what he plays doesn't make sense to us. So I don't know like what he could tell us. Like, I even saw him once do a video where he uh, was like working with um, John Bartholomew. It was like a video for Chessable. He was like testing him in one of the endgame courses they had. And he couldn't explain why he knew things. He was just like, he's like, this is why I'd be a bad teacher. He's like, I just, I just know. And so I found that fascinating. Anyway, this is a long answer to your question. And I'm sorry for that. I'm going to get to my second answer real quick. The real answer. So anyway, basically, I just don't know like what he could. I mean, he would have some great insights, no doubt. But um, I don't know how much he wants to teach club players. <laughs> second, because of that, I think my real top pick would be Levy Rosman because mm-hmm. I don't think there's hardly a person who listens to my show who doesn't want him on to to hear from him. And, you know, he's, he's much more focused and can understand the bad play of club players and tries to help us. So, um, you know, he would be a huge name. People would love him. He would have a lot to offer. So I think Levy is probably my, my, you know, kind of like realistic top choice. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Sorry for the I like your answer. answer. (laughs) (laughs) I gave like a five minute answer to like a 20 second question. Like, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) This is why I'm on the other end because I'll talk too much. Um, (laughs) No worries. (laughs) I love the conversation. Yeah, me too. Me too. Nigerhan, it was, it was so great having you on the show. I really appreciate you being here and I love hearing your story. And Like I said already, I'll just reiterate it one more time. I'm a big fan of what you do because, first of all, I'm just impressed by people who can be funny because I think it's really hard to be really, you know, genuinely funny. Um, And you have a great sense of humor and you bring it to chess, which helps make it more enjoyable for everybody. And I think you're doing exactly what you said you want to do, which you want to make it more fun and accessible for people. And you do exactly that. So thank you for, for doing that. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And uh, yeah, thank you. It was really nice. Absolutely. It was a pleasure talking to you and um, wishing you the best in your your Twitch channel and your role at chess.com. And thank you. And um, yeah, we'll we'll stay in touch. Thank you so much, Daniel. And I wish you good luck in your podcast as well. And I hope you can get either Levy or Magnus really, really soon. (laughs) I will take either one. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of my business, Adult Chess Academy. And that has a website with the same name if you want to look for it. You can also find me being way too active on Twitter by searching my username, Lona underscore chess. See you next week.